You're listening to The Message from the Hillsborough United Methodist Church, our weekly sermon broadcast available for working around the home, your commute, or wherever God calls you to listen. Let us pray. Gracious God, may the words of our mouths and the meditations of our corazones be acceptable in your sight, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. I have several friends who, it seems, have been lately traveling to the Holy Land, to Jerusalem and Israel, and it's reminded me of the chance that I had a long time ago to get to, to travel to the Holy Land. I got to go with the Knights Templar, who are a real thing, believe it or not. Uh, they're a branch of the Masons, and they send pastors for free for like a 10-day tour. I really thought it was a scam email when it first came, but it turns out they really do that. So I got to go, and we traveled all over Israel um, in and around Jerusalem and to Bethlehem. And to get to Bethlehem, you have to go from the Israeli-controlled section around Jerusalem into the Palestinian-controlled section. And that meant that our tour guide, who was Jewish, could not travel with us. So we traveled on a bus to the gate, and we got out, and we were screened by those who were guarding the wall that separates those two places. We got on another bus and traveled, and it was extraordinary to me that as soon as you walked across that border, you moved into a different place, 10 feet away. It was clear that the economics and the political infrastructure was not the same. There were many more people who were struggling, and it was obvious immediately. We traveled by bus to go see the one thing that there kind of is to see in Bethlehem, which is the church of the nativity, the place where tradition holds Jesus was born. It's a huge, giant church. It's been there for almost 1,600 years, at least parts of it, rebuilt and torn down and rebuilt. But there are sections of it that have been there for almost that whole time. And as you walk along the sort of entry courtyard, there's this massive sort of stone arch, almost as big maybe as the arches in our ceiling. But it's filled in with stone. And then there's a smaller arch that you can see the outline of that's been filled in with stone. And then there's another sort of arch that's been filled in with stone. And then a kind of big square, giant, rectangular section for two doors that's been filled in. And then a smaller sort of normal one-person door that has been filled in. The entry is about three feet tall. And you have to crawl on your hands and knees to get into the church. The only way to go into that holy place is quite literally on your hands and knees. The legend is that they did that so that coming to that holy place, you must come in repentantly, with, with humility. Our tour guide pointed out, it's also true that in times of strife and conflict over the centuries in that place, that 
the churches have become fortresses and a low entry keeps people from riding their war horses into the fortress where you're standing guard. It's dark inside and you can barely see except for the few lamps that are hanging, the many lamps that are hanging from the ceiling. But eventually you make your way around behind the altar and underneath. So it would be like walking down through, we call it the dungeon back here. But there's a storage space right down here where we keep our stuff and probably some other people's stuff because we don't clean it out that much. So somebody could have snuck things down there. And down there, there is a stone where tradition holds Christ was born. It's a simple, unornamented kind of place. There's one sort of silver star that outlines the place where tradition holds Jesus was born. I don't know what God was thinking choosing a place like that. Because even when Jesus was born, it was behind a wall of oppression. Even when Jesus was born, it was kind of an out-of-the-way, nowhere kind of town, dusty and dirty, and the people there were struggling to survive. But God likes upside-down things. To take what the world has rejected and overlooked and raise it up. Jesus embraced that teaching in the Sermon on the Mount with what we now call the Beatitudes. Blessed are the poor in spirit, he said. Hold up. That's not how it works. If you want to have a successful church, you get the rich people because they can build a nice building. They can pay for really gifted staff. Jesus said it's the poor people who find favor in God's eyes. Blessed are the meek. I don't know if you've watched much of the politics happening in our world these days, but there aren't many meek leaders in any party. I remember having a conversation. I think it was my dad. This was oh, a few election cycles ago. And he said, you know, so-and-so seems so interesting. I don't remember which one it was, which candidate it was at that point. Seems like they, that he or she has a really good idea, but they kind of seem a little arrogant. And I said, well, Dad, these people all think that out of 350 million person, they're the one that should be in charge. Aren't they all a little arrogant? Said, well, yeah, I guess they are. But Jesus said it's the meek who are blessed. And the peacemakers, not the ones with the powerful armies that God favors. Jesus calls us to the upside down kingdom of God. Where the lowly are lifted up. And the powerful are brought low. Which sounds great. If you assume you're one of the poor ones. It sounds great if you assume you've got no power. It sounds great if you think that you're the one on the outside who God is bringing in. 
But the reality is, for many of us, we're the ones with the power and authority and the dinero. And this doesn't sound like good news anymore, does it? It's muy difícil. This is a hard word. But it is a good word. Porque the reason that God turns those who are up high out from inside out and from up high down low is so that we can enter with humility and find ourselves in the kingdom of God. The kingdom of God does not have borders or boundaries except those we impose upon ourselves. It's a foolish thing to try and do what we're doing in this congregation, to feed hungry people, to address problems of racism, to work together to make a new congregation that is dos lenguas y muchos culturas. It's so much easier to make churches out of people who are alike. See? But easier, boring, but easier, and not what God calls us to. There is a kingdom that is upside down, and we are invited to be in it. But to enter that high and holy place, we have to be willing to let go of our power and our privilege. To be the ones who are meek and lowly and mourning. And that, my friends, is the good news. Strange as it is, thanks be to God. Amen. Thank you for listening to the message from Hillsborough United Methodist Church. Our senior pastor is Clay Andrew. Our pastor for Las Naciones Hispanic Ministries is Jorge Rodriguez. Our media ministers are Kevin Proctor, Jenica Stewart, Perry Hune, Al Dietrich, and Dave Rose. Sunday services are at 10 a.m. downtown Hillsborough, Oregon. You can find out more, like us on Facebook, or subscribe to our YouTube at hillsboroughumc.org. Thank you.